Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You guys know if you've been listening to the show that Rob hates running backs. Now, I don't know what reason this is, but Rob has a very unhealthy and unnatural dislike of the position. So some days, I admit, I purposely think of running back topics just to force Rob to talk about it. And I think I've come up with a really good one. Now... I was going back and, you know, just getting ready for the week. And I normally just write a lot of things down and then I kind of pare it down over the course of the week. And one thing that continued to kind of stand out to me was Nate Taylor's comments last week about the Chiefs and how they could win in the postseason. Here was Nate Taylor last week on Cody and Gold. He'll be on our show Friday at 4 o'clock. For the Chiefs, again, uh, as I wrote in The Athletic, the second half was about them playing their best version of Marty Ball. Yep. Hand the ball off, check that thing down, maybe get an explosive player to let the defense continue to make, uh, you know, counter-punching plays. And, you know, if you got to take the three, take the three because the defense is doing its job and you can rely on the defense and that's the unit you can trust the most. Rob, every day this week – Every day that the Chiefs are alive in this postseason, I'm going to tell you the formula. Run the ball, play good defense, limit mistakes, control the line of scrimmage. That's their chance to win. Marty ball. If that's what you want to call it, fine. Run the ball, play good defense, limit mistakes, control the line of scrimmage. That's the checklist every single day. If Isaiah Pacheco has a postseason like I think he could have, if the Chiefs really lean into what they are, he has a chance to be one of the most popular Chiefs that we have ever seen. I think he has a chance to get to that top tier we were talking about. Now, I don't think he's the player that Patrick Mahomes is or Travis Kelsey or Derek Thomas or any of those guys. It's not at all what I'm saying. But if you think that this Chiefs team is going to make a run in this postseason... They are making that run because Isaiah Pacheco has an incredible January. They make that run because Isaiah Pacheco carries it on Saturday 19 times for 105 yards and a touchdown, and they just physically impose their will onto the Miami Dolphins, and they go win that football game. 
And then next week in Buffalo, they run it 23 times for 102 yards, two touchdowns from Isaiah Pacheco, and they just control and dominate the Buffalo Bills and get them out of the postseason. And they replicate that formula on the road against Baltimore. That's how they do it. Isaiah Pacheco is a player that I understand this is the Mahomes and Kelsey era, but I would understand if you have a 12-year-old son and you ask him, who's your favorite player? I would get it if he told you Isaiah Pacheco. He plays a really fun, really exciting brand of football that is really infectious. The way that he runs, the way that he plays, how enthusiastic and exciting he is. If he goes on one of those kind of runs over the next three weeks, and this team finds themselves in Las Vegas, they will do so because Isaiah Pacheco is their best player. And he will go from, I would say, being a, I don't know, third, fourth tier kind of player. We will talk about Isaiah Pacheco very differently, and he will be one of those guys. You will see Pacheco jerseys for the rest of your life in Arrowhead. If they lean on Pacheco the way that I think they should, And if they can execute the way that I think they can over the next three weeks, I still think this team can make a Super Bowl run, but it is going to be changing how they win and their mindset about it. And it's going to be because they lean heavily on their run game. They lean heavily on their line of scrimmage. They lean heavily on playing good defense. And they try to beat these next three opponents 21-17. They do that by running the football effectively. Before I talk about Pacheco, potential popularity little alliteration for you can we talk about this marty ball idea that you keep perpetuating and just pushing onto the city because marty ball as chiefs fans will remember all too well has won zero titles ever marty schottenheimer is one of the top three coaches in chiefs history he's one of the best in cleveland and san diego and kansas city We all waxed poetically because Marty was a great guy and had great success in the regular season. His formula doesn't work in the postseason. So you telling people if the Chiefs play great defense, dominate the line of scrimmage, and run the ball effectively, that's what Gunther and Marty were screaming about in 97 when John Elway came in here and beat them. But they also, though, didn't have the quarterback, and this is where I think the Patrick Mahomes part comes in. I don't think you need Patrick Mahomes to throw for 400 yards on Saturday in order for you to win. I don't think the elements are going to say that you're going to throw it around the yard. If you go on the road to Buffalo next week and the wind is howling and circulating, that's not a game in which I think Mahomes is throwing for 320 yards, three touchdowns and no interceptions, and that's how you're winning. The Chiefs didn't win in the 90s. It wasn't because they weren't good enough at quarterback. You know what I think about the postseason. Postseason football is about your ability to convert in third down situations. And the Chiefs during that time frame didn't really have a quarterback that could come through in those scenarios. That's not my concern right now. You're telling me in this game on Saturday, if Patrick Mahomes throws it 22 times and has 240 yards passing, I don't care how you do it. But we know there's going to be a third and five in which you're going to need your quarterback to make a play. You're not running the football. That's where you lean on Pacheco. That's where you lean on Rice. That's where you lean on Travis Kelsey to help you extend it. And you go back toward the formula. I don't want you to hear this like I think they should run the ball 45 times on Saturday or next week against Buffalo or whomever they play. But the formula has to be you can't have a scenario in my mind with this team in which Patrick Mahomes throws it 41 times. 
over these next three games. If that's the formula, I think you lose that game. I just don't know if this team can win that way. I don't think you're going on the road to Buffalo and Patrick Mahomes throws it 42 times and you were leaving with the win. That means you got down early and you got away from a game plan that I think could have helped you win. I think this is a scenario in which Mahomes needs to throw it 27 times and you got Pacheco running it 19 times and you're doing some other things, some end-around gadget kind of plays. That's what I think the formula is going to be. Marty Ball didn't work because on third down, you didn't trust that Elvis Gerbach could get you a first down. You didn't trust that Matt Castle can get you a first down. I don't have that problem with Mahomes. They'll figure it out. Whether it's the Kelsey over the middle of the field, a screenplay to Rasheed Rice, him running on its own. I don't, I'm not worried about third and six and third and seven. I'm worried about first and 10 and then they get five yards and now they get away from the run and they do a deep pass to MBS in which he drops it. And now it's third and five. That, that, those are the kind of plays that I'm worried about in the flow of the game. I think this team needs to lean on Isaiah Pacheco in a way that we just haven't seen them do so far in his career. And I think you need to ride Isaiah Pacheco for as long as you think he can carry you in this. He got back. Now he didn't play last week. You think he's as fresh as he's going to be over the course of this? I want to see him touch the ball 18 to 22 times on, on, on Saturday night. I promise I'll get to the conversation about his popularity, but you talk about third down in the postseason being the key. Aren't you also the person who said that in the modern NFL, you got to be able to score 27, 28 points. That's you as well. And your formula, your game plan is cross your fingers, get to 21 and hope it works out. That's not how football is in 2023 or 2024. That's not how football works. If you get to 21, you have a chance, but you're the one that says the race to 28. It's an offensive-minded game. And if you're telling me the Chiefs' best path to win the postseason is pound the dirt, three yards in a cloud of dust, and hope to win 21-17, that to me does not sound like a winning formula because that goes against what you've told me, which is in modern football, you got to get to 28. You're right, but I would say that this year, though, is a little bit of a different year. So there was no team in the NFL that averaged 30 points per game. That's kind of unusual for the era that we're in. There's only four teams in the NFL that averaged more than 28 points per game. Baltimore was at 28.4. San Francisco was at 28.9. Miami was at 29.2 in Dallas this year. Dallas was the number one scoring offense in the NFL. They were the only team to score over 500 points this year. This was just one of those kind of weird years where, I mean, this year, Buffalo, you and I both think that Buffalo has one of the better offenses in the league. They scored 26 points. Like, this was just one of those seasons in which offenses weren't nearly as dominant. Now, you're right. If you score 17 points in an NFL game, that's the margin of error that we've been talking about. You can get sniped by anybody. But... I don't think that there's going to be a lot of points scored on Saturday on both sides. This feels like a 17-14, 21-17 game for, for either team. You know how I feel about Miami's offense. Miami's offense can do a lot of scoring against teams that are not very good, and I haven't seen them score against a defense as talented as Kansas City's. Buffalo's offense, you know how Buffalo's offense can be. Buffalo's could score 30 in that game. They also could score 17 because they turn it over three or four times. Any game that the Chiefs play in this year because of how their defense is played and because of how their offense is played, it's going to be a 21-17, 24-20. It's just going to be one of those kind of games. And that leads to the turnover differential conversation that you and I have been having about this team. 
Let's take a little bit of a break. Coming up on the other side, we'll be joined by Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. We got a chance to catch up with the quarterback earlier today. We'll play that conversation for you coming up on the other side. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Catch Nate Taylor in studio every Friday starting at 4 o'clock. And if you miss any of the conversation, listen on demand with the Odyssey app and 610sports.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He has one of the most impressive resumes on planet Earth. Two-time MVP. Slings it to McKinnon at the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown! Batman loves this stadium! Underhanded shovel for a 56-yard touchdown! Two-time Super Bowl champ. Mahomes in the pocket, floats a pass near side, Kelsey over the shoulder, he's got the catch, he's got the touchdown! Kansas City, a beautifully thrown ball as Mahomes to Kelsey. And the only place in the world where he does an interview weekly is right here on The Drive with CDOT. It's not something that I would say I'm a Waffle House guy, but it definitely... We made our appearance at Waffle House uh, a couple of times. 310 means one thing. One thing. Here's Patrick Mahomes. We are very happy to be joined by the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes joins us on the show today to recap the win over the Los Angeles Chargers and obviously get you ready for Saturday's game against the Miami Dolphins. Our conversation with the quarterback started with, what does it say about Travis Kelsey that he made the decision to sit out and not chase a personal goal on Sunday? Travis Kelsey was only 16 yards away from having 1,000 yards and doing so for eight straight seasons. There are only three players in the history of the NFL who have a longer streak than Travis Kelsey had, but he made the decision to not play in Sunday's game. I wanted to get Patrick thoughts on what he thinks that says about Travis Kelsey and his personality. Yeah, it just speaks to the type of teammate that he is. Um, in all honesty, I mean, I, I was trying to force him to play. Like, I was trying to make him go out there because I knew he was going to try not to play and he wanted it to be about the team and not about him. And I was trying to force him all the way up until game time, and then he, he, he said, no, that's not who I am. I'm going to go – I don't want to play for those reasons. I want to get myself healthy and rested for the playoffs. And, and like you said, I mean, a lot of guys would have done that and went out there and, and did it, and there's no slight towards them. 
Um, but the type of teammate that Travis says, he couldn't do that because he knew it wasn't about him. It was about the team. Because I was just thinking, all you got to do is just give him one quick pass, then you won one of those shovel plays that you guys are known for, and then he gets his 16 yards, and then history sees that he got 1,000 yards. I was just surprised that he chose not to play. Yeah, and we, and we had we had kind of done that. We had got some plays for him that we were going to get him open where he could stay away from contact and, and kind of get him in some spots where he can catch the ball, get down, everything like that. But, uh, I mean, that's just the type of guy he is, man. He's not going to go out there and play for those reasons. And he wanted those guys to go out there with the mission to win in the football game, which they which they did. So uh, I was uh, I was, I was I was proud of him. Obviously, I would have been happier if he would have got it. But at the same time, I know that's not who he is. And uh, I'm glad that he's the leader uh, uh, on our team like that. Patrick, on the other side of the ball, Chris Jones, he gets a sack. And what was it like just to see your entire team celebrate that accomplishment for him? Yeah, I mean, everybody wanted him to get it. Um, and it seemed like early in the game he was all around the quarterback. We couldn't finish the, finish the sack. And, I mean, he's a guy that deserves it, man. I mean, he's been a, a pivotal piece of this team that really has helped us win these Super Bowls and go on this run that we've been on. And I'm glad that he was able to go out there and get that sack, uh, stay healthy, and uh, we'll be able to use that momentum with him brushing like that throughout the playoffs. You and I have obviously talked about Coach Reed a lot over our conversations, but what does it say about Coach that he even allowed Chris to go out there in that spot? I mean, Chris probably played – a little bit longer than a lot of coaches would have liked to have seen him play. He played into the third quarter to get that sack. What does it say about your coach that he allowed Chris to go out there and do that? Yeah, I mean, he loves it. He loves his guys, man. I mean, he loves um, the brotherhood that we built here. Um, and now everybody wants everybody to succeed. And um, I think uh, he understands uh, how much Chris has put in, and he deserves that opportunity to go out there and, and get that sack and get that money uh, for him and his family. Um, but, uh, no, it, it speaks to Coach Reed, man. I mean, Coach Reed sees the big picture. He doesn't just see the, the single-game motivation. He sees that this will help him and his family for, for a long time, and so I was excited that Coach let him go out there and do it. Right now we're talking to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick, obviously at the end of the season everybody is banged up. You've been playing football. You had an ankle injury or a back injury or an elbow injury. What kind of advantages do you have not playing last week and getting that additional rest ahead of the playoffs? Yeah, no, I mean, definitely getting a, a week uh, where you can rest um, and get your body back healthy. I mean, that's what you want going into the playoffs. Obviously, you would want it to be the bye week and everything like that, but we didn't have that opportunity this year. So now we got the week going into a playoff game against a really good football team. And um, to be able to get some rest and prepare our bodies because it's going to be a physical battle, and uh, we're excited for the opportunity. Patrick, speaking of advantages, what, what benefits, what advantages do you get, this being your second time playing the Miami Dolphins? This is almost like a team in your division, the fact that you've played them earlier in the season. Yeah, there's advantages and disadvantages. I mean, obviously, you get a feel for what their defense uh, does and the different wrinkles that they have, but they also get a feel for, for your offense and the stuff that you do. And so uh, it's about finding that median of, of changing stuff, but doing the stuff that you're great at. And uh, Coach Fangio, I've played against a lot of times, and he's one of the best to do it, man. I mean, he really is. He he does a great job of changing the scheme and letting his guys go out there and play fast. And uh, it'll be a great challenge for us as an offense, and I'm excited for it. You guys only scored two times the last time offensively that you guys played the Dolphins. How do you guys become more efficient offensively than you were in the first matchup against this team? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it, it's going to be a, a close-fought game. I mean, obviously, we got to execute at a higher level. Um, we had two great drives, and then other than that, we kind of sputtered out and, or got turnovers or whatever that was. And so um, in this league, man, you got to execute at a high level, and you see that week in and week out, and uh, we got to be our, playing our best football uh, going into these playoffs and uh, to, to win the football game and try to advance. And so uh, we had a great challenge ahead of us. 
Um, that's a great defense with a lot of great players, and uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to get out there at Arrowhead and see what we can do. Patrick, I'm sure you've heard the jokes about the NFL and the script and all of that, but I mean, you can't draw a better script than Tyree Kill coming back to Arrowhead for his first time and it also being a playoff game. I'm just happy because the first time that you guys played this team, this happened overseas in Germany, and I think fans kind of got cheated by not getting to see that matchup. I'm just excited we actually got this game this year. Yeah, no, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, Tyreek's a great player, man. Um, and he'll be hyped up to come back to Arrowhead and try to score and everything like that. And so it'll be a great challenge for us, man. Uh, the defense, I know, is excited for the opportunity. Um, it's the playoffs. I mean, everybody's been playing their best ball. And uh, we're going to see what the, be- the best team wins. I'm looking at this game. I'm curious how you think Arrowhead is going to respond because obviously this fan base and this team has had great memories with Tyreek, but he's also now the enemy and on the other team, and he's trying to eliminate you guys from the postseason. How do you think Arrowhead's going to respond to Tyreek on Saturday? Uh, I'm sure it'll be a mixture of, of cheers and cheers and boos. I mean, it's uh, um, Tyreek did a lot for this organization, man. I mean, he, he really did, and I know he's in Miami now, so he might get a couple boos because we're playing him in the playoffs and everything like that. Um, but one day he's going to be in that ring of honor. Um, and so uh, he's gonna, he'll be coming back to Arrowhead at some point. He'll get that uh, ovation that he deserves. But uh, this week he'll be a, little, I think it's a tad more hostile just being a playoff game, and he's on the opposite team. Obviously, you know, Patrick, it's going to be cold on Saturday night. How exactly do you prepare for the cold? Kind of just is what it is, man. Uh, I live in Kansas City. Uh, I go outside and play with my kids in the snow. So uh, we're playing football. I get a little adrenaline rush, and I'll be ready to go. I remember there was uh, you were mic'd up on the sideline. I think it was against the Broncos in the regular season a couple years ago, and you said that you liked the snow game and that you were a snow game guy. What is it about these elements that you like? Um, I think it's just – I think I was saying that more in a sense. It was my first snow game, and I was throwing the ball pretty well. So, But, I mean, it's uh, um, that's, that's what you love about football, uh, all honesty. I didn't get this when I was in Texas growing up, and now that I'm here, I see I appreciate it. This is really – really is football weather. Um, and you get to get out there in the cold with your guys, and you know everybody's feeling the pain, but at the same time everybody's enjoying it. And so it's going to be a, a heck of an environment. We're playing playoff football January at Arrowhead Stadium, and you can't ask for anything better. I was just going to ask you that because, I mean, I grew up in Kansas City. I had a snow day. I'm guessing that you never had a snow day growing up. Um, if it got below 32, school was closed. That was our snow days. Okay, no, that works. A couple more questions here. I'll get you out of here with these last couple ones. Tua is having his first playoff game. You obviously, you've played in a lot of these. What was your first playoff experience like? Um, it was very similar. I mean, it was snowing against Indianapolis at Arrowhead Stadium um, before the game, and it was pretty cold. And uh, you go out there and you just try to see what you can do, man. I mean, that's that's pretty much the end of it. I mean, uh I've played a lot of playoff games now, and you never know how the game's going to go. You have to go out there and just play your best and see what happens. I was also prepared to ask you a question about what was it like to be the most experienced playoff quarterback, but then Joe Flacco had to enter the playoffs and ruin it for me, Patrick. Uh, I didn't even realize that, man. But, uh, dude, I, I watched some tape on, on Joe when I was over this bye week, man, and he's making some of the most uh, unreal throws I think I've ever seen. So, I mean, he's playing some great football, and uh, I'm excited for him, man. I mean, he's doing a great job. It is playoff week here, and we're very happy to catch up with Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick, thanks a lot for your time today, man. Good luck this weekend. I appreciate you. That is a quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, joining us on the show today. Rob, this is going to be Patrick Mahomes' 15th start in the postseason. 15 he has made. Rob, he's 28. Like, by the time this thing is over, we might be talking about we have 12 to 15 more of these kind of games in Patrick Mahomes' career. Just 
an incredible start to his career. And I was thinking about this more as I went back and I was re-listening to what Mitch Holtz has had to say on the show yesterday where Mitch started his broadcasting career. You guys obviously know how this organization was in postseason games when Mitch first started. He started his career at 1-10. and 10. Listen to Mitch Holtz. I started. So I went 21 years without a postseason win, right? Not until 2015 a wild card. Time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I went in 95, 97. You probably got Nile Davis a Christmas gift that oh, year. You got I'm, him something. I'm, 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 I sent him a gift. It's like the Bobby Bonilla payment by the Mets. I send, <laughs> I send him something every year. Uh, 95, 97, 2003, 2006. 2010, there's another year I'm in there missing. 95, 97, 03, 06, 2010, and then coach and his run, which he's been here 11 years, only missed one. That's 10, so 15 years. But here's why it's big for me. I started 1 and 10. If the Chiefs win Saturday night, you'll be at 500. I'll be at 500. You'll be at 500. I'm 13 that's what this and is. 13. That's what Just this really will be about. That's right. Then they got to win next week. You can go over I go 500. Over 500. Yeah, that's right. They gotta win next I'm telling week. you, dude, it's they a big win. deal for me. One thing that I hate, and we do this in the media, and sometimes I see it on the text line you guys got to enjoy the. Who's not enjoying watching the Kansas City Chiefs? Like, I understand the frustration that you guys felt over the course of the last couple of months, but that frustration was built out of you don't feel like they were playing to the best of their capabilities. But I don't see anybody in Kansas City not enjoying the run that the Chiefs have been on. But one thing that I do think is important, and maybe this is me doing the same thing and just repackaging it, I don't think that people maybe have the historical uh, appreciation of what we're seeing the Chiefs do. They have been to the postseason nine consecutive years. Second place is five. Nine years. For the last nine years, you could count on them playing at least one game like they are going to play Saturday. And a majority of those games, you have gotten at least one home playoff game out of them. That if you bought season tickets, and I know a lot of you are season ticket holders, you have an expectation every January that they are going to ask you, do you want to buy postseason tickets? That's not normal in everywhere. Second place is five. Rob, at this point, if we are looking at it, the only teams who have made the postseason for a consecutive streak more than the Chiefs currently are. So nine in a row. These are the teams, the 70s Cowboys. So I'm talking about Staubach, that era, Cowboys. Tom Landry, that Cowboys. The Peyton Manning Colts and the New England Patriots. And the only reason they missed it was Tom Brady got hurt week one. That's the kind of run that we are seeing the Chiefs. The uh, Roger Staubach Cowboys, the Peyton Manning Colts, and the Patriots era. Those are the only three organizations that have made the playoffs more consecutive seasons than the Kansas City Chiefs. Rob, I'll take it one step further. The Chiefs have won a postseason game in the last five years. The only organizations that have a longer streak than that are the 90s Cowboys and the Patriots. 
The level of postseason success that they have had is unprecedented. This, this, this doesn't happen. This is all-time elite, the best of the best of the best, the cream of the crop, some of the greatest franchises in the history of this sport. You want to just take it modern. You've nine times. You want to go all-time. This is what... Peyton Manning's Colts did. You have won a playoff game in five consecutive years. That's one short of the 90s Cowboys. And about three short of the Patriots era. Every season you count on winning your division, winning one playoff game. That is not normal. That has not happened everywhere in the National Football League. So I understand being frustrated this season by the Chiefs. And this is not your usual Super Bowl contending team. And we have grown accustomed to seeing the Chiefs just be better than all of their opponents. Back in 2020, that postseason run, they were clearly the best team in the AFC. They were better than Cleveland, better than Buffalo, better than Baltimore. You you were disappointed if they didn't go to the Super Bowl because they ran circles around the rest of the AFC. This path is going to be a little bit different than those if they end up making a run. Or maybe they don't. But the fact that January football has become an expectation and feels like a birthright. Some of your kids have never seen the Chiefs miss the playoffs before. That ain't the childhood that you or I had. this This is a special run that they are in the middle of. And especially next year when we expect them to make some changes. They go out and they make some improvements on the offense. I mean, there's no reason to think that this streak of making the postseason, there's no reason to think that this streak of winning and advancing in the postseason, there's no reason to think that it is coming to a close anytime soon. Can you imagine telling Mitch Holtis in 2002, hey, you, you're going to start your career 1-10, in 10, and – You were going to have a chance to finish over 500. No, no chance. No chance that happens. It has happened. And in six years of being the starting quarterback for the Chiefs, starting in 2018, Patrick Mahomes is now entering his 15th, 15th postseason start. And another game in which they're favored. Have they been favored in every postseason game that he's been the quarterback? I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Were they favored in that game the only one I can think they haven't been the favorites was the AFC championship game the first time. Were they, That's the were, only one I can think of. Were they favorites against the Eagles? Maybe like a one and a half point favorite. I have to go back and check. I'd have to go back and say, I can't remember off the top of my head if they were favored. Those are the two that would be the yeah. only chance. Because I know they were favored over Tampa Bay in that Super Bowl because mm-hmm. they beat them earlier in the year. I know they were favored in that game. But yeah, I mean, out, out of the 14 you've played so far, you've been the favorite in 12 maybe of the games, and that's just us top of our head trying to put the numbers together. This is not a run that a lot of cities get to experience. I think, listen, I know that I sound like Mr. Negative on the show because I'm well, you kind of are more down on the team than most, but one of the reasons is I'm holding them to the standard they have created for themselves. Like, we talk all the time about fans and how, like, once you achieve one thing, they're going to want the next thing. They're going to want the next thing. They're going to want the next thing. Fans are insatiable. Fan is short for fanatic. And that is good. That is what you want. The Chiefs have created a level in which anything short of an AFC title game or Super Bowl is viewed as a down year. I was 
writing some stuff for the podcast earlier. We put some stuff on the podcast page, and I wrote the, the sentence, in a somewhat down year for the Chiefs, they won their division. They're hosting an, a- an AFC playoff game. They have a chance. We believe they're favored, and they have a chance to go to the divisional round of the playoffs. These are things that in 03 and 2010 and 2014 and 13, when they were in the playoffs, you thought to yourself, that's not the norm. But it has become not only the norm, but the expectation. And it is, I'm probably as fault at this as much as anyone else. I sometimes fail to take a step back and realize it isn't normal. It's not what every city in the country is talking about. Right now, at 6-7 score in Chicago, Danny Parkins is going to spend the next four months talking about Caleb Williams versus Justin Fields. We're talking about, oh, are we going to have a fourth week of playoff content? And we sound spoiled. It's, in a way, and I know you'll hate this comparison, Chiefs fans have become KU basketball fans. Anything short of undoubted greatness is viewed as a down season and a failure. The Chiefs, they may not win the Super Bowl this year, but they will have won their division and hosted playoff games, and Joe Fan will tell you they stunk and they weren't good enough. That is a crazy level of expectation and spoiled fans in a good way. Yeah, but I I, I agree with you. I, I, I think that is a good thing. Like I, I'm not a KU fan by any means, but I have a lot of respect for the fact that I think KU fans hold their team to the utmost standard and that being a five seed in the NCAA tournament is not good enough for us. That's not what we do here. We don't celebrate finishing third in the conference, which if Missouri finished third in the SEC, it would be the best finish that they have ever had in the SEC. That's not what we celebrate here. Our expectations are high because we've done great things in the past. We've won national championships. We've competed in Final Fours. We've taken Final Four banners down. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but it has happened before, and this show is about getting to the truth and about getting to the facts. That's what we do here at Lawrence, Kansas. I always have respect for KU because they hold their team to the utmost standard, and that's winning a majority of their games. Jim Harbaugh had this to say yesterday. Speaking of cheaters, look at that. We go from talk a Kansas basketball analogy to other cheaters. Michigan football, here's their coach. I just want to enjoy this. I just want to enjoy this. Uh, and I hope you give me that, you know. <laughs> Can a guy have that? Does it, does it always have to be, you know, what's next? What's, what's the future? Um, you know, like I said the other day, yeah, I hope, I hope to have a future. Um, hope there's a tomorrow, a day after tomorrow, you know, a next week, a next month, a next year. Um, and, you know, just one last thing. I just, I got two great loves. Uh, my love at work, you know, the people I work with, uh, coaches, the staff, players, and, I have a, and, and the love I have for my family at home. And uh, just means a lot. A couple of the kids here right there, Jimmy, Grace, Sarah, Johnny, Jack, Katie, Addie. Um, they're just the loves of my life. And, um, and my brother John being here, my dad and mom being here, um, you know, and then the, you know, to be here with our team. I mean, that's those two families together celebrating. It's, it's glorious. It is just a beautiful thing. That was Jim Harbaugh after the game. I just... I think Jim Harbaugh's done in Michigan, and you completed the mission. It feels a lot like when LeBron went back to Cleveland. Hey, LeBron, if you leave after this, I don't know how you can be mad. You came back as a free agent. We went to a couple of finals. 
You won a finals. You gave us memories that will last us a lifetime. Whatever decision you make, we're cool with it. I think that's how Michigan fans should feel. Obviously, you would like for him to stay. I think you could argue argue that Jim Harbaugh is the best football coach in the world. I think you can argue that. I think he has been that good, and he has been good seemingly everywhere that he has been. He certainly is in the conversation. But it feels like we are going to get an announcement here in the next three weeks that Harbaugh is leaving Michigan, and he is going to pursue a professional opportunity, and that he is going to be the next head coach for the Los Angeles Chargers or the Washington Commanders or the Carolina Panthers or whatever NFL team. It just feels like that's the path that we are headed towards. Coming up on the other side, the Miami Dolphins are buying up all the players that were really good on Madden 2015. I'll explain. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. I'm here to tell you. I was ready to risk it all for Dolly Parton. Brought to you by Deepest Quali Moore. Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Your home for Chiefs football in Kansas City is 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll be joined by Peter King of NBC Sports. For my money, he is the best sports writer in the country. We are off a little bit early today because of K-State basketball. We are off at 5 today. This is the only show this week that will be preempted by college basketball. So we'll be on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for your 5 o'clock ride home if you're even riding to work right now. Rob, how was your uh, ride in today? I actually didn't have that many problems, but I ain't going to lie to you. I I put my hazards on. I get in the far left lane. I just mind my business, man. If you need to go faster than that, get around me. I'm I'm here. I'm here to make sure I arrive alive. That's what my number one priority is. I mean, the roads weren't bad when I got on the work bad. today. No, it was, it was fine. My biggest complaint with today is, and you're an apartment person, so you don't know this, shoveling the snow off the driveway is the abject worst thing I've ever had to deal with. I was a happy apartment man until recently, and now things like that are just brutal. Like out there at 8 a.m. just shoveling away. It's just that was my biggest complaint with the day. Shoveling. It sucks. You gotta pay some of the local kids. I mean, I remember back when I was a youngster and I had a snow day. I mean, I would at least spend some of the morning. This is a good way for you to make 30, 50 bucks going out shoveling sidewalks. You're telling me that you wouldn't have paid one of these local kids $20, 30 to shovel that? 
and you could have stayed in the house and stayed in the warmth, I would have cashed out a youngster to do that for you. I'm telling you, these kids are missing out on some of these money opportunities. You want to pay for your Roblox or your Fortnite or whatever, your V-Bucks or whatever the hell that, that stuff is called. You need to be outside shoveling snow, cutting grass like we used to do back in the day. Back in my day. We're losing recipes. Absolutely We're losing, losing recipes. recipes. I'm telling you, you better be going outside shoveling snow. Did you see the moves that the Dolphins are making? The Dolphins are adding a bunch of players who used to be really, really good. Now, they're banged up. They're super banged up right now. Here's the injury concerns from James Palmer, our friend from NFL Network. Travis Kelsey has looked like he's needed a rest. He's been battling a few nagging injuries throughout the whole second half of this season. That was probably a positive. The negative is Wanye Morris, their rookie left tackle, suffers a concussion in this game. Remember, they play Saturday night, so they lose a day in terms of him going through the concussion protocol as he's been filling in for Donovan Smith, who's been out for the last five games with a neck stinger. So what happened is it was Juwan Taylor going over to the left side, and then Lucas Niang comes out. They just had tackle issues the entire season. What's in their favor, Andrew, is that there's nobody rushing the passer from the outside that's healthy on the Miami Dolphins. So look at them focusing on the interior portion of their line, where they are one of the best in all of football with Joe Tooney, Trey Smith, and Creed Humphrey running the football. Had a conversation, as Jeff mentioned, Isaiah Pacheco. He told me he understands the importance of his role within this offense in the postseason in terms of running the football, in terms of them relying on that. They've been using a lot of extra tight end sets to help out those tackles. Look for them to rely on Isaiah Pacheco quite a bit moving the football in this game. That was our guy, James Palmer of NFL Network. So the Dolphins have gone out, and they've made some moves for themselves. They have picked up Bruce Irvin. They have also picked up Malik Reed. They have added both of those veteran pass rushers to the practice squad. They have also added Justin Houston days before the wild card game. So Miami needing a little bit of boost from their pass rush. They pick up Justin Houston, Bruce Irving, and Malik Reed in preparation for Saturday's game against Kansas City. This doesn't matter to me. I know these are names of guys that you've heard of before, so people get all excited about them. These are the same people that got all excited about Zach Ertz. When I tried to tell you a couple of weeks ago, he was cooked. He was done. He was washed. Oh, but he's better than? No, he's not. If he was available, he wouldn't be available in late December. That's not how the NFL works. There are not a lot of good, capable players that can help you win playoff games that are just walking around the streets right now. It's not how this game works. This is like Justin Houston's fourth team this season. No. What team was Bruce Irvin on before this? I, didn't, I forgot all about Bruce Irvin. I didn't even know he was still in the league. I know he got drafted by the Dolphins a while ago. You want to know how many sacks Bruce Irvin has this season? One. He has one tackle for the Lions. You know what Bruce Irvin is? He's 36. You want to know what he is? Cooked. Well done. Finished. I ain't worried about Bruce Irvin. Who is Malik Reed? Do you know who he is? I've never heard of that man before. I'm unfamiliar with his game. I don't know who he is. What team did he used to play for? That's a guy that... Why was he available? He's 27. He really stinks. It's not a guy I'm worried about. He played earlier this year for the Raiders. He had three tackles. It's not a good situation when you sign a camp bodies in January. 
This is a move that you should be making in late July, early August. Not a move you should be making for the middle of the winter. That's not a move you should be making. That's not a move that's moving the needle if you're the Miami Dolphins picking up Malik Reed, Bruce Irvin, and Justin Houston down the stretch. I'm not worried about any, any three of these individuals and what kind of contribution they can make. You don't think... Now, we don't know the status of Donovan Smith. There is some optimism Donovan Smith will be back because Wanya Morris is still in the concussion protocol. So, you know, we don't know what we don't know. But you don't think one of those guys in a one-game moment can rear up and beat a potential third-string left tackle for the Chiefs if it comes to that? Like... I don't think the players move the needle at all, but the fact the Dolphins have human bodies against what could be a third string left tackle is cause for concern, right? Or do you think it doesn't matter? Bruce Irvin was great in 2012, so the day, his days are long gone. They can have you and I at left tackle if it comes to it, and we're going to be good. I'm not saying they can have you or I. I just don't. I just don't think at 36 years old, coming in cold in the negative four degree temperatures, I'm just not really sure that you're adding that much impact to the game. This is Terrell Suggs. No one was game planning in 2018, 2019 for Terrell Suggs. I assure you that was not happening. This does nothing for me. This doesn't move the needle. These are just guys you heard of. If this was 2015, great. It ain't 2015. It's, it's almost a decade since. No, I'm not worried about them. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Good luck to the Dolphins. I'm, I'm sure... I'm sure it's going to work out well for them. I mean, on the bright side, I know it's going to be really cold on Saturday, but on Sunday afternoon, they'll be in Cancun. Can't beat that. You'll have all the free time you would like Sunday at around 11 p.m. You'll have all the free time in the world. Justin Houston turned down that free time on a Saturday to go be in the cold. Yeah, no, he did. I mean, I get it. Do you want to get one more game check? I understand that. I'm a not, playoff game check, too. I'm not mad at that. Go ahead, man. Get you a little quick little pe- playoff game check. I, I understand. I got no issues with it. All right. Coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to be joined by Peter King of NBC Sports. For my money, he is the best sports writer in the National Football League. We'll get his thoughts on Chiefs and Dolphins and Super Wild Card Weekend. We'll also get his thoughts about the game being on Peacock. I understand that this doesn't affect all of you, but... The NFL is going to continue to do this. This is not a one-off for the league. Every single year, there is going to be a game that is going to be behind a paywall on some subscription network, and I would imagine there's going to be multiple games. If this works really well for Peacock, I imagine this is going to also work for Paramount Plus or also HBO Max or whatever deal the NFL has with one of these subscription services. I think this is here to stay. We'll also get his thoughts on the coaching uh, hiring. Now that we have a couple of vacancies are available, where does he think Jim Harbaugh is going to land? We'll catch up with Peter King of NBC Sports. I believe that he is the best sports writer covering the National Football League. We'll get his thoughts coming up on the other side. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 6th and Sports Radio and also The Odyssey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.